What's going on, guys? It is 2019, and it is the first 2019 episode of the Fantasy Process Report PPR. Man, it has been a long time. Once again, Matt, Nick, and Jason. Thank you Back. We are back! Oh yeah. We are back. It's been a long time. I know, dude. Honestly, this is the best time of year. You know, when once hockey and basketball are back too, it's golden age of sports again. Oh yeah. ESPN is at the point where their headline story is about, is LeBron a good dad or not? And it's like, this is really what we're talking about. We need to have something else here. Well, it all starts today. Hall of Fame game tonight. It is Thursday, August the 1st of 2019, and the NFL season officially starts tonight. It started. Is it? I'm, I'm trying to bring up GameCast right now so we can follow this Hall of Fame game. Oh, nice. It would probably be the only preseason game that I bring the GameCast up for. I believe it's but. NBC. <laughs> oh, it started. Broncos got the ball first. Kevin Hogan getting the start. Uh, I don't know why. They didn't want to give it to Drew Locke. Joe Flacco's obviously out. Uh, Philip Lindsay's out. Pretty much everybody's out. Julio's out on the other side. Matt Ryan's out. Matt Ryan's out. Yeah. Oh, so nobody's playing. I don't believe um, Devontae Freeman's playing. That would be unwise considering how injury-prone he is. Yeah. So. Which I'm sure Hungy can attest to. Classic preseason game of a team that has to play five preseason games. But we'll see. Maybe that'll be changing next year. Maybe it'll be changing. Yeah. It'll be nice if it goes down to two. Yeah, I hope so. It's just too many at this point. Game action going on now. Pulled it up. We got Matt Schaub in at quarterback for the Falcons. Wait, he's still alive? (laughs) He is still alive. Isn't he? He's the local guy. Yes, he yeah, is. he well, played. He played downtown. little league at the same place that Hunky and I played little league. Wasn't he the guy that got a concussion a couple years ago and started like convulsing on the field and then like try to keep playing after that? Oh, who knows? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but we got actual football back. Well, we and didn't even uh, give our intros really. We we got right into football before we could even really introduce ourselves. It's been a, a whole season, so we might have some new viewers here. It's very true. Um, Matt, also known as Hungy, also known as Pitbull. Yep. Not quite. Hungy, do you want to explain why you're Pitbull? Not really. You guys can. (laughs) All right, well, I'll I'll go ahead and explain that one. So we actually all know each other because we went to high school together at Gray Valley. So we're all local Philly suburban guys, and we've been playing fantasy football since about our freshman year of high school which was i don't know like a very long time and 12 i actually years ago i, think I feel it was like middle school honestly is when we started this league i think it was like 7th grade either way us three have definitely been staples throughout the entirety of the league <clears throat> there's been many good amount of turnover over the years but like i said us three have been there the whole way through um, and it goes beyond fantasy football we've been good buddies and I think Senior Week kind of made sure that we will always be buddies. Yeah, we're never going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a recorded podcast, at least. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway. But anyway. So, so why Pitbull? Uh, we're, long story short. We're all in a fantasy football league together, obviously. And Matt, for some reason, no matter how many years he plays fantasy football, he doesn't seem to learn from his mistakes, and he can still finish at the bottom of the league. And 
as a reward for managing to lose punishment throughout the entire season and then in the playoffs in the match where it mattered the most you lost that one too and so you earned the pitbull bobblehead that has a voice of his own and make, likes to talk to you yes. I have to ask now that it's in your house and prominently displayed on your mantle somewhere how often do you actually like turn it on and, and mess around with the voices that he does it's in the box oh come After, on when we did when we did our draft order, I brought it here and then I, I transported it in the box and I haven't removed it from the box since the draft. I mean, order. you you know he's not gonna be sitting there pressing the button just out of like, oh, I'm bored. Let me let me see what Pitbull has I, to say I today. I press the button when somebody comes to our house and asks why there's a bobblehead <laughs> of Pitbull, the rapper, on our shelf along with a number of other memorabilia items. Why is that there? Well, I'll show you. Hit the button. Something, something, Marlin, something, something, Dale, 305. <laughs> Mr. Miami. Yep, absolutely. Meanwhile, the opposite of the pit bull for our league is the Ray Rice. Uh, Which we really shouldn't be proud of at this point. Yeah, I know. It's 2019. It's kind of like frowned upon to, you know, joke about that kind of stuff. Um... But he's kind of just been an, an idol for us in our league. No, I wouldn't say idol. I wouldn't say idol. Well, he's literally been like the idol he's of He's been him a quandary is, in our league. He's not been like a role model idol, but like there's a statue of him that the winner of the league gets. So technically mm-hmm. it's an idol. It's a, it's a bad luck. But anyway, um, I have been blessed to have Ray Rice in my possession for the second time in the past three years. So while you're unfortunately displaying your pit bull, I'm proudly, I don't know if that's the word right now, we might want to get a new trophy. I'm starting to rethink this now. Yeah, when we first got this, it it was... It It was was, pretty, I don't know why, it was a lot funnier back then, and it was okay to be funny back then. Yeah, it wasn't okay to be funny. Because I feel like we We definitely got it after the whole scandal broke out. We didn't have a podcast. That was the whole point of why we got it. We didn't have a podcast, and we didn't... You know, we didn't talk about it to other people. <laughs> we didn't actually think about it out loud. The now that I'm rice. hearing it out loud, this is just a terrible, terrible yeah, thing. Yeah, it does not sound great. But you know what? His case isn't as bad as, like, Greg Hardy. I no. It's, it's, no, it's pretty bad. It's pretty... He, There's video. Uh, that's what makes it bad. And, you know, what? Uh, that's... Uh, unfortunately for the players, that's, that's what, uh, yeah, I mean, well, you see people getting away without video being present, so... I mean, anyway. we, we won't get into that. We try to avoid the whole domestic violence topic, yes. even though it is very prevalent in the NFL. Um, but so far this year, the only case where we've hit is Tyreek Hill. And we'll get to that. And but, yes, um, he's gone off scotch clean, but one of we will the, get into uh, him later. One of the things we mentioned was, you know, the Pitbull trophy slash punishment has stayed mm-hmm. in its box since we dis- decided our draft order. We actually had a... Great way to decide our draft order this season. Um, you know, a lot of people like to make their draft order simple. Pick names out of a hat, let ESPN randomly assign you draft order. Lame. Right. Or, or do something simple to make it easy. We chose not to do that. We have a great method of deciding our draft order. Madden 2006 tournament mode. <laughs> and... We're not playing a single game. We are going to watch the computer simulate a tournament in Madden 2006. Yeah, because you guys are probably way better than me at Madden, so that wouldn't be fair. 
Well, it was a fantastic night. My computer was good, though. Gotta love my computer. And what we did this year is a little bit different. Um, last year we had something similar, and we, we couldn't really figure it out that well. We <clears> used Madden, we used a simulation, things like that. Uh, we switched up this year, we kind of perfected it, uh, found a way to make it work that was fair for everybody. We but found we, the right Madden that actually has the right game mode for us. We found the right Madden that has the right game mode, and we changed it up a little bit. The winner of the Madden tournament got to select which pick that they get. And it happened to be me. Oh, yeah. We got a very... This was new. I don't know where I came up with this, but I just decided that rather than having the the uh, standings from the tournament determine your draft spot, where your team ranked was you got to choose where you wanted to pick rather than just being stuck with where your team finished. Because, for instance, last year, Jason, didn't you finish in first or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I was just about to jump in. I would have preferred this method so much more last year. <laughs> At a certain point, we were sitting in my basement, and my team was looking real good, and I ended up finishing first in the in the whole out of the ten teams that we assigned. And at a certain point at the end of the season, I was like, all right, please lose. Please lose. I don't want to be first. Please just keep losing. I don't want to be first. And then I somehow ended up keep winning, and then I finished first, and that meant I had the first overall pick, which I did not want from the get-go. So this is a recommendation to anybody out there that decides their draft order in advance um, and has group members that will participate with you and communicate. Definitely recommend having a, the order determined based off people picking their position rather than just assigning it. For example, I won the entire tournament but didn't want the first pick. I took pick four out of ten. Uh, I did that intentionally because I don't like having pick one and then not picking again until pick 20. I want an early pick because there's people I'm targeting, but at the same time, I can't wait around until pick 20 to pick again. I yeah. need something closer than that. Now, this would have been a fantastic strategy, Hungy, um, but we play in a keeper league, so with the fourth spot, you're really not getting those top four running backs that you would hope that you would normally get. And I understand and that, but at the same time, I do have the potential to keep Le'Veon Bell in the first round. So, I also didn't want to pick... T- Take, take pick one, and then last minute decide Le'Veon's going to be my keeper. Well, now that you picked pick number four, you're certainly not going to keep Le'Veon in the first round, because you could just pick him and keep somebody else. Okay, but the way I see it is this. It's pick four, right? Well, you're saying he's not three. one of the 14th top players? Who? Le'Veon. 14th? Because 10 people are getting kept already. Yeah, but not all of the 10 keepers are top 10 picks. Only okay. about three of those keepers or top 10 picks. Yeah, like I'm probably keeping George Kittle and he's going to be a, what, like third or fourth round pick? Yeah. I'm keeping Pat Mahomes and he's a quarterback. I would say Le'Veon would be top five with most people. Top five with nobody else being kept or? Yeah, with nobody else being kept, I'd still say he's top five. Arguable. I'd say after you get past those first four... I would say he's number three on the running back list on who you'd want, and I would put him in the top five. number three in the running back list? Yeah, I would say I'd probably You're also taking two wide receivers in the top five? If he's number three running back and you're taking... You're putting him... Okay. Maybe he's he's five. I mean, basically, the way I see it is this. Is if you look at your top five... No particular order. All right? Saquon, right? Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Did Kamara? you say Zeke? Zeke. Okay. No, Zeke sucks. I mean, we, we 
have to say Z. No, we don't. It's out of obligation. We have to say Z. He's going to be suspended again. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'd say Saquon's obviously number one this year. If you're not yeah. taking him with your number one overall pick, then I don't know. You're passing up on something. Even if he isn't the number one fantasy, you should still take him with the number one pick. Yeah, I think um, the debate of last year was Bell versus Gurley, and I think this year it's Gurley versus Saquon. You think it's Gurley versus Saquon? Yeah, I think so. I think Gurley's still up there just because the Rams' offense is just still incredible. Mm. Oh, Gurley is absolutely up there. I, I absolutely think he's top three. Mm. I think with injury, you guys are giving him a little bit more of a boost than he deserves. I think. And then, that, uh, I mean, the other people you'd have to throw in there would be who? Camara, Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey for sure. Yeah, I mean, I like ESPN's rankings for the top four at least. They have Saquon one, Zeke two, uh, McCaffrey at three, and then Kamara at four. What do they have, Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard. Why are we talking about Jordan Howard right what now? We're talking have? about the top running backs just, in the league right now. Just tell me where they have him. He's a forty-four. <laughs> Keep sleeping. So which, Keep sleeping. Which equates to a third-round draft pick for Hungi. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Keep sleeping. Mm. Well, oh, I, I that's gonna be you, you easy will take him steal. before I do in our draft. Easy, uh, keyword right here, folks. Easy steal. <laughs> Get him early. All right. Um. So, just a reminder: he won the pit bull last year. I won the first place trophy. Yeah. I'm just saying, you give the Eagles' offense Jordan Howard. Jordan this Howard. Is a word give of caution: world. not to be a homer when it comes to fantasy football, because yes, taking Jay in the third round has consequences. Yes, and we do have to give you that um, that preliminary warning that Matt is a homer <laughs> through and through, and although he he does know football very well, it is not very easy for him to put his bias aside. So, mm-hmm. just oh. know that when he talks about Eagles players on here and Cowboys players and Giants players, I respect Saquon. Yes, Saquon but you depend- have to. He's Saquon the number one overall State. pick. He went to Penn State, played well for Penn State. Yes, that's that true. And he's a good guy. See, Zeke's not a good guy. There's a difference there. Saquon is a good human. Oh, yes. Zeke and, is And, and a Zeke piece is of not. Shit. Yeah. I forget who it was. I was reading somebody. Oh, no, it was um, from the article that you sent to our chat the other day uh, of him escaping the, the car crash where the Cowboys covered up for him in 2017. Yes. The guy was like, this... Zeke Elliott guy thinks he's above the law, and clearly, how many times has he done stuff that a normal human being like you and I would get jail time for, yeah, or at much, least yeah. some time of something? It's it's getting ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, I, uh, I I don't agree with you though. I think he's gonna get off free as well. We'll see. I don't know if you seriously think he's gonna get suspended or anything, but I do not. So. You know, you go through, and, and and this is how we've picked our order, like we said, is Madden, and we, then we picked our spots. Um, then it comes down to... So you have the fourth pick. I do, I have the fourth pick. I have the third pick. I don't remember where I got to choose my pick, but I definitely, I think... I believe somebody took, after the, you, somebody took the snake Chris very took, early. Chris took ten because he has Saquon. Right, he took the snake. So pick. he could keep Saquon with the tenth overall pick, so That's that was smart. smart of him. And then after that... I think it literally just went like one, two, three uh, in a row after that. 
I remember giving my numbers to Kevin because I was out of the country at the time, so I was not a part of this whatsoever, and I just read about it after it all happened. But now it comes down to, you know, your order, you know where you're picking, right? Now it comes down to strategy. What do you guys usually recommend as far as, give me your first four picks, right? First round, second round, third round, fourth round, assuming you're not, you don't have a keeper, right? Uh, assuming it's not keeper, assuming everybody's in a pool together. Yeah. First round, second round, third round, fourth round. I would typically say, for me, I would go running back in the first round, followed by two wideouts. I think it really depends what pick you have. I mean, if you have a late first round pick and then all the running backs are off the board, but DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas are still sitting there, it's worth taking a uh, wide receiver in the first round. But if you do that, then you got to take a running back in the second round. Right. There are only thirty-two. There are only thirty-two starting running backs, and of those thirty-two, only sixteen of them produce solid RB one fantasy numbers. Oh, yeah. for sure. You and even of those sixteen, I'd say like ten of them have like a backup running back behind them. You know, or it's running back by away. committee kind of kind of situations. Yeah. Yeah, I would say as far as my strategy, I usually go super running back heavy. Like I go, for if, assuming there's good value, and I, this is honestly assuming there isn't an obvious like, like steal waiting to happen. Like, like Nick said, if there's I have the seventh pick, if DeAndre Hopkins is waiting there at number seven, then yeah, I might have to just go for that. But I would go running back, running back, running back, running back as as long as I can <clears throat> until there's an obvious steal waiting to happen. I don't draft a quarterback until, like, the 15th round ever. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the quarterback. I just think well, quarterback, quarterback strategies are different. Is, is so is so different because you obviously have the Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, now Pat Mahomes, that kind of tier that'll go maybe third round on up until, like, the eighth. But then the 15th round, there's always a Ben Roethlisberger, there's a Phillip Rivers, there's a Jared Goff, there's just – an old reliable who will go out there and get you 20 points every week no matter what. I'll put it this way. For ESPN's rankings, Pat Mahomes is the 47th overall ranked quarterback. Next one is Deshaun Watson, or not 47th ranked quarterback, 47th ranked overall fantasy player. Top quarterback. The next one is Deshaun Watson at 72. So that's literally three rounds later that the next best quarterback, and that's the number two quarterback. Number two, three, and four are... Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt Ryan. Uh, five, Andrew Luck. Those guys are all uh, in the 70s. After those four, the next ranked quarterback is Cam Noon at 102. So that's another three rounds from that tier. So you can tell that the quarterback tiers really separate them and make them get all drafted late. If you don't get one of those first five guys, then there's no point in, you know, reaching for a quarterback because your team doesn't have one yet. You're going to get a quarterback. I'm in a league where the diehard Packers fan in the league, and this kid's not the smartest hey man, guy. Don't, don't we, talk about Jason like that. <laughs> no, it's not Jason. This guy's a diehard Packers fan. He's a nice guy. He's just not that smart. And every single year, without fail, drafts Aaron Rodgers in the first round. We know it's coming, and he just does it anyway. Drafts Aaron Rodgers in the first round. His overall record, I believe, is like a 26% win percentage over five years. Uh, and you can see why. But uh, he's got Aaron Rodgers every year. 
Yeah, I mean, and Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback, but I think we've seen over the past few years that his ability to stay healthy is in question. And Well, yeah. it's not even just the fact that Aaron Rodgers is a fantastic quarterback. You're skipping a lot of top-tier running backs and wide receivers to go after a quarterback you can probably get in at least the third. Well, I mean, if you're talking about taking him in the first round, you're talking about an outlier. This guy's clearly got fantasy football issues. <laughs> um, how early, so speaking of draft strategies, how early is too early? You said quarterback, and you talked about that. How early is too early to go after your your uh, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, George Kittle kind of tight end? Well, I rank those two, Kelsey and Ertz, as tier one. I'd kind of put Kittle by himself in tier two. By himself in tier two. And then after that is tier three and below. I would agree with that. I'd say Evan Kelsey. Ingram, Delaney Walker, OJ Howard. Maybe tier three and then tier four after that, but I'd say tier one and two are way higher than tier three. Where does ESPN... Delaney Walker's very low in ESPN's ranking. He's the ninth highest tight end. I, I would put him significantly higher than that. I'd put him over Jared Cook. Vance McDonald? Uh, but, no. Yeah, but either way. I think that Vance McDonald's only ranked this high. I'd bring in this Joku. Year. I'd bring in Joku up as well. I think McDonald's only ranked high this year because Antonio Brown's yeah, out, so there's not many people. Greg Olson is still alive. He won't be by week wow, two. Wow! Look how low Jimmy Graham is now. That's another one. That's a that's, again. You can wait till late in a draft to get a Jimmy yeah, that's, Graham. Yeah, that's that's sad that Jimmy Graham has fallen that far down. Tight end pool sucks this year, kind of. I mean, I I don't really, in terms of like, reaching. Ertz and Kelsey are the only ones that you would reach for. And Kittle, I feel like you're going to draft him where he should be drafted. You're not going to reach for him. ESPN has him as the 27th highest player. Yeah, and I think that's about maybe where you want to get him. Maybe the fourth round, if he falls to the fourth okay, round. But you but talk about reaching for Ertz. Ertz is, Ertz is 26th. i put Ertz higher than that, personally. Yeah, I think Ertz should be I, a I bit think higher. Ertz is in like a... You know, he's almost a wide receiver one, so... With so you your, put him as a second round pick? Well, that's what I was going to say is uh, similar to the strategy of taking wide receiver running back round 1-2. If you get one of those two, Kelsey or Ertz, that can replace your wide receiver. Either way, you still want to get a running back in one of those first two rounds, but if you get, like, Todd Gurley and then in the second round you have the opportunity to get Travis Kelsey, that's fine. He can replace your wide receiver, but after that, then you want to go for a wide receiver. So... By the third or by the end of the third round, you definitely want at least one running back and one wide receiver. I'll say that. Jason, how early is too early for a tight end? Uh, I think probably the second round is too early. Uh, but you think it's too actually, early? You know what? I think the second round is probably where you want to start taking the Travis Kelsey yeah. or yeah. Uh, or Zach Ertz, just because I think the tight end position has gotten just drastically thinned in the past couple of years. Like, this is as thin of a class as I've ever seen. Like, you have your your top two, which is Kelsey and Ertz, and they're in the second round, third round, maybe... Actually, no, neither of them will last until the fourth. No, but, if they last until the fourth and you don't have them on your team, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> exactly. So then Kittle is where he goes in the fourth, which is pretty much the reason why... Well, one of the main reasons why I'm thinking of keeping Kittle is just because... I can lock in that third best tight end. And then the drop-off from three to four is just extreme. Like, you have Delaney Walker. I, I really don't like see... Who might I put really up don't a goose egg every last week. In the fourth round. Yeah, so I, I think, like, the tight end position just in general is so ridiculously thin 
that I think you have to just snag him early while you can. Otherwise, you're going to get to the fifth round, and there's going to be no one. Yeah, I'd say, I don't know, me, personally, if I'm not getting Kelsey, Ertz, or Kittle, I'm waiting for a tight end. I'm not going to take Ingram or O.J. Howard or Hunter Henry too early because people are going to start taking tight ends once they see those three go. So they're going to start taking those other guys way too early. That's what's going to happen, inevitably. People see one position go, they see the top players go, then they get desperate and they're like, oh, there's nobody going to be left. So they reach for the next available ones, even though they're projected three rounds later, you know, in terms of their ability. So I would wait. If you don't get Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, wait. How early is too early to draft a defense? Uh, well, hold on. Before we get into that, <laughs> I did want to ask you about quarterbacks and tight ends. Do you guys draft a backup quarterback? Yeah. Never. Uh, if I got the space at the very end of the draft, I do. Okay. I usually will consider a backup quarterback in the uh, in the 15th with my kicker in the 16th. Okay. See, that's what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, I never go backup quarterback. I always take my starting quarterback in like the 14th or 15th or 16th, <laughs> and then I don't take a backup quarterback because... I just took one. So Jason's just applying the uh, the tier two tight end logic that I just gave you to the quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. If you don't get one or two, then just wait till the very end. I mean, that's what I did in both my leagues last year. I took Mahomes in the 15th round in one league, and then in our league I took Jared Goff in like the 14th or 15th. Okay, so here's the thing. I think that, again, this strategy can be applied to both quarterbacks and tight ends. If you get one of the top tier guys, one of the top two tier guys – you can wait to the very, very end of the draft to draft your quarterback. I'm saying, like, if you're going to draft a backup quarterback, wait till the 16th round to draft him. If you have a good first quarterback, if you have a good first tight end like Kelsey that you're not going to be worried about playing matchups or him just not being in. Absolutely. I wait till the very end of the draft to draft a backup. Yeah. That way you can get out and start on the tier. defense and kickers. You can get, start picking those guys before. If you other get a top tier quarterback, you can absolutely wait until the very end, or not even bother. Like now, Jason said, not even bother drafting a backup. Now, if you get a mid tier guy, you absolutely want somebody, and you want somebody a couple of rounds, win. only a couple rounds later, exactly mid tier, because you need another mid tier. Because at that point, you're going to be playing matchups. You're yeah. going to be seeing who's got the better matchup each week, and you know, say you have um, David and Joko and. Austin Hooper, you know. Those are two guys that, I don't know, neither of them are really impressive, so you're going to have to see who's got the better matchup that individual week. But same thing with quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, how often do you have quarterbacks like Big Ben, where he might be the number four fantasy quarterback, but you still don't trust him because last week he threw three interceptions. Yep. So, you know, it happens. you got to play it by ear. You have somebody with those sways, mid-tier guys. sways the numbers, goes off on an absolutely monster 50-point week, and then puts up goose eggs for the next two. Mm-hmm. And he looks, uh, he looks high up, but that was uh, it's just a fluke. Yeah. Anyway, um, so how early is too early to draft a defense? Defense? Uh, for me, I would say too early. Wait till double-digit rounds. I was going to say too early is 10. I would say 11 is probably the earliest when you should start considering it. Now, that being said, 
usually there's probably two to three defenses that stand out. Yeah. Uh, Chicago. Yeah. Um, Jacksonville. Like we're, we're a broken record over here talking about the top tier. The Rams. sticking out. <laughs> yeah, the Rams. Yeah, but then again, uh, once you get past those guys, it just becomes matchup based. So. You can sleep and wait on the Eagles defense, and you'll be <laughs> very pleasantly surprised. I mean, yeah, I think this year there is no Seahawks defense that someone's going to be taking in the eighth round anymore. So, Jason, let me uh, let me ask you a question here. This year, are you planning on drafting a kicker? Uh, probably not. Well, <laughs> for those of you who didn't pay attention to our podcast last season. You might have forgotten that uh, Jason elected to not draft a kicker. So for week one, he elected to not play a kicker. Because at that Jason, point, I didn't want to drop any of my options. If I had one more bench spot, I would have taken a kicker, but I didn't want to drop any of my bench options. Jason lost by Hold something I'm, like I'm two points. <laughs> something like that. Any. Bad. Literally, we looked at how many free agent kickers were available. I believe there was like 19 free agent kickers available. 17 of the 19 kickers would have won the game for Jason. 17 of the 19. So, I mean, I understand the strategy of not drafting one, Jason. But, like, once week one rolls around, dude, fill out your line. Like, your starting lineup, you better better get up a kicker on your (laughs) roster somewhere. Yeah, that was uh, not the best call. And looking back, so at the time, it was this huge dilemma, like that Wednesday morning or whatever. And I remember having, like, God, like, looking back, it seems so, like, so much stupider than it was. But at the time, I was like, man, like, any one of these guys, like, it's week one, there's full possibilities. Like, I don't want to drop any of these guys in case any of them, like, blow up. And it's it's embarrassing the names I had on the roster that I didn't want to drop for a kicker. It was, like, Kelvin Benjamin on the Bills and, uh, like... The, the Wilkins guy on the Colts, like the running back, and like there. Oh, uh, you were a believer in the oh, Colts running backs back then. Yeah, there were there were a few guys that I was like, you know what, they could do it. Like I could see the possibility. And then two weeks goes by, and I'm like, nope, not happening. Okay, I guess I got to drop you now. That's rough. Yeah, it was not great. So, folks, I would recommend, uh, highly recommend drafting a kicker, <laughs> even if it is your 16th and final pick. Um, or at least pick one up, like after the draft. You know, wait till a week before to see if there's any guys that get injured in your roster. But don't um, just not start a kicker. Kickers gain points. If you don't start a kicker, that is zero points. <laughs> kickers gain points. I mean, they do lose points as well. Occasionally, but. <laughs> once in a while, a kicker will get negative. It's not often. Usually, kickers gain points. Um. Let's uh, let's get an. Jason, were you were you Lindsay Lohan's booger sugar? Was that you? Yep, that was me. Yeah, so you lost to me week one. Uh, you <laughs> lost by three. Nope. Yeah. Three and a half points. Three and a half. Points. Three and a half points, and like I said, I believe I looked, and like eighty nine percent of the available kickers would have gotten you the win. Now, Jason, you finished the season at seven and six. Did you make the playoffs last year? Do you remember? It what? Did you make the playoffs last year? Uh, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. All right, I'm I'm trying to bring up. I think I did. That's that's a way <laughs> I to remember. Think so? with you. I think I made the playoffs. I you know that means, sure. that means he didn't win. Uh, he did, and he did. He won week one. There, are Lindsay yeah. Lohan's Booker. I meant the whole thing. But there you, you go, did. man. You beat uh, you beat Wei Chin. Good job. You beat he Lohan. Look at that. He got under seventy points, but you beat him. 
Yeah, he got there under we go. 70 points. Bam. Yikes, that's a rough uh, playoff showing. <laughs> well, I think at that point, at the end of the year, I had like some injuries or something, and also I was dealing with Le'Veon Bell, my number one overall pick, uh, not showing up the entire year, so... I was not really yeah. too hopeful um, what do you, going into that point. What do you feel about his apology, Jason? Do you accept it? No. Not even a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't accept it either. See, I do, because I drafted if him. If he knew what he was doing, he could have just said something in, like, July. I do appreciate you dropping him, though. I immediately stashed him on the bench. He's been sitting there for months. <laughs> well, at that point, like, after I realized he wasn't going to play... I did think about like the keeper option, but then on my roster I have yeah, so many other keep... guys that I would keep over him. But if I keep him on the bench, it means nobody else can keep him either. Nobody's going to I mean, who's, I'm gonna who's keep... number nine? That would be the only person that would want to keep I'm him. I'm going to keep you all guessing. <laughs> You'll never know what I'm going to do. I think I already filled you in. As... No, I didn't tell you what I want. I, I think I know who you're going to take. Who am I going to take? Cooper Cup is a 10th rounder. No. Well, then you're done because Robert Woods is a 5th rounder. It's <laughs> not a smarter choice. It's Robert Woods is an eighth rounder. An eighth rounder? I thought he was a fifth rounder. No, he's an eighth rounder. How sh- how positive are you about that? Ninety nine percent. Ninety nine. I be- I bet you I'm one percent positive. You're wrong. Twenty eighteen fantasy football draft. Here we go. Uh, Robert Woods is a. Uh, let's go to the fifth round. Oh. Who picked him? Oh, you picked him in the fifth round. No, you picked him. No, that was my pick, but we remember no. we traded, so that says Hungy's pick right next to it. Oh, either way, wow. regardless whether I picked him or not. Robert Woods <laughs> finished as, like, the 11th highest-ranked fantasy yeah, winner. Yeah, dude, but, like, same thing with Le'Veon. If you keep him as a fifth-rounder, that's where he's going to go in a draft anyway. You know, maybe he'll go in the fourth round, so you'll get a little bit of value out of it. Where's Robert Woods right now? Robert Woods is... I apologize. Projected, he's projected as a late fourth rounder. So if I keep him a fifth round... <laughs> you're getting, like, no extra value from it. There's no benefit to that. Where's Cooper Cup? Okay, there you go. Now we know who Hungy's keeping. Where's Cooper Cup at? He's, he's slightly lower. He's in the fourth Ooh. round, or the fifth round, early fifth all right, round. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so you're welcome. I just told Hungy who was keeping. I'm going to take a look at some things, but it could be Le'Veon in the first. I should have just let him keep Le'Veon in the first. It could be Le'Veon in the first. With the fourth overall pick. Here's some other options for you. I can trade you a Philip Lindsay as an eighth round. No, I don't don't want Philip Lindsay. Or I can trade you a uh, Sony Michelle as like a tenth round. No, I hate the Patriots. What, what about Travis Kelsey as a fifth rounder? Well, that's a possibility. Oh. Wait, do you have that? Yes, I do. How do you have Travis Kelsey as a fifth rounder? Because I'm not going to keep him. No, but I know, but how do you have him as a fifth rounder? I don't know. He was drafted in the fifth round last year. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Bro, that was my pick from our trade in the fifth round. How did Travis Kelsey make it to the fifth round? I don't know. Because nobody believed in Pat Mahomes. Remember, I drafted Pat Mahomes. What do you want for Kelsey? All right, we're doing this now. Okay. Um... <laughs> Let's see. We're doing live trades on the podcast right now. What do you What do you want? What pick do you have? You have Four. one pick before Nick, you me, get so to name his first swapping... one son Chalupa Batman. <laughs> no, I, would, I would come up with a much better name. I would name, give like... you my 15th round pick. I would just give him the first name Eli. <laughs> he can keep last name Hunger Bueller, but his first name would be Eli. I will give you my 15th round pick. <laughs> no, it's not going to be like that. Come on now. Um, so we can't swap picks within a round because we're only one pick away from each other. So that would well, do can, nothing for me. You can move up one slot. That would make me feel nothing in my pants moving up one spot. Not the Chicago Bears. 
Um, so let's see. How about Cooper Cup? You give me. <laughs> you give me. I give you Le'Veon. You give me your fifth round pick. I'll give you my sixth round pick. Mm. So, so you I have two you, sixth round picks. So I, I give you my picks. fifth round pick, and you give me Travis Kelsey to keep. Well, I can't because Travis Kelsey kept in the fifth. I can't give you my fifth rounder. I need the fifth rounder to keep it. Um. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I could give you my sixth. Uh, you have a late sixth rounder, though, so I don't know how I feel about that. How about... Wow, Earth's also got taken in the fifth. You give Juju me, you give me your sixth, fifth. I'll give you my eighth. We'll think about it. You give uh, me your sixth, I'll give you my... I'm no, I'm you're thinking to, about it right I'm now. I just to, did all the thinking that I I'm needed gonna need to do. I'm going to need to do math. Math? What do you mean? You're gonna get Travis Kelsey as a fifth rounder. Uh, I gotta do math. We'll, we'll think about it. We're gonna All talk right. about it. You guys will know the answer by next week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you won't, but you probably will. Or you could have Deshaun Watson as a fifteenth rounder, fourteenth rounder. I'm sorry, but I think Travis Kelsey would be way more enticing. Travis Kelsey's very. Enticing. Anyway, let's get back to uh, the podcast That's here. We'll schedule a program. Stop being. Um, <laughs> You know, about all of ourselves over here. Um, well, the next thing is literally about ourselves. Let's talk about our own teams. <laughs> yes, that is true. So, we didn't really get into this from the backgrounds. We all have different teams. We are all from the Philadelphia area, but we all root for different teams. Uh, I would say Jason is a... Uh, Jason is... Don't, don't, is, don't is, call him an Eagles fan. Jason's an Eagles <laughs> fan, and he, like, like moonlights as a Packers fan at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's definitely shifted. <coughs> or not shifted. Kind of a like, Dolphins fan now, too. I, I don't think that I would agree with that. <laughs> Jason, would you consider yourself a Miami Dolphins fan? Uh, absolutely not. See, that's okay. that's what I like to hear. Okay, good. As much as I got on some mailing list from them, they try to get me to go to these open practices with autographs and whatever, and, and it's just a desperate plea for them to get fans. <laughs> that's about right. But if you go get Ryan Fitzpatrick's autograph, you can... Never look at it again. <laughs> yes, Ooh, I'm busy that day. Uh, Ooh, sorry, guys. We didn't even tell you the day not, yet. They're not going to make <laughs> I heard there's going to be a lot of traffic that day. Sorry. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be sick that day. I heard, I heard pit bulls in town. Yeah, i got to go see him. <laughs> um, so, but yes, we have uh, some So you are places. the actual homer for in terms of our NFL teams. Jason Absolutely. likes the Packers. You're an Eagles, Eagles fan. No, Jason's an Eagles fan at this point. <sighs> For the yeah, sake of the say, podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I was always an Eagles fan. Who's your number one team? I would say number one. Eagles versus Packers, Eagles versus I'm, Packers I'm still, in the playoffs. Who are you rooting for? Oh, Hunky, Hunky will tell you. the What was it? Senior year, junior year when the Packers were playing the Eagles in the first round and David Akers missed those two field goals. Hunky actually offered me a ticket. And I was going to do it, but my dad told me I couldn't go because he knew I would wear a Packers jersey. Yeah, and you'd probably get literal shit thrown at you. We had we had two extra seats for that game. and Exactly. Um, so that game was extremely disappointing. They drove down the field. Everything was looking good. Vic was engineering. What year was that? This was 2010. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah, it was the year the, the Packers won the Super Bowl. Vic engineered a fantastic drive and then tried to force a pass to Riley Cooper that got picked off in the end zone with like 20 seconds left. They were in the red zone at this point. Vic tried to force it, and it got picked off. Mm-hmm. And the season came to an end. And then two years later, they're back in the playoffs, and Foles drove down the field and scored. 
and trotted off the field with the lead, and then the defense let Drew Brees and the Saints drive down the field, kick game, win a field goal, and we went home again. Mm. I did not attend a playoff win until the 2017 season. So, yeah, he's an Eagles fan. Don't know if you could tell. But 2017 season was great. <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. You know what other years were great? <laughs> what? 2008. 2012, those were some good years as well. If we had played the guys in the playoffs it. in 2012, we would have beat you. I am a Giants fan. Well, this fan. is why, this is why um, I say I'm, I'm definitely an Eagles fan as well, because <laughs> that 2017 season, I came, back, I came back home for the end of it, and I went to uh, the Eagles-Falcons game, and I tailgated for that one, and then went into Xfinity, and then I sat outside you did. in eight-degree weather like for six hours. We, no, maybe we it was seven there. hours. Standing in the same exact spot, and we woke up at four o'clock in the morning for the parade. Yes, yes, we did. These are we things, Jason. I was there for both of those events with you. Oof! It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, so cold. I feel, like you're, but it was great. I feel like you still haven't gotten over this I we thing. Yeah. So while I'm a Giants fan, I'm, I, unlike Jason, can also be an Eagles fan. Uh, it was too troublesome throughout my childhood for me to ever have any respect for the Eagles and their fans um, because I simply got no respect from anybody, including people who I didn't even know. Well, yeah, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have to be rude. Yeah, we do. That's a rude. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I know you do, but... Because I am a Philly guy, other than that. Literally, like, two so weeks ago. So I know ago, how it is. I do know how it is. Literally, but. like, two weeks ago, and this is absolutely true story... Not making this up. Um, on Route 30, and a guy's got a giant, giant, like one of those window cling stickers in the back of his car. So, like, pulled up at the corner, rolled my window down, and literally just yelled at him, "The Giants suck!" and peeled off. He was probably yelled back, <laughs> "I know." <laughs> so yes, while I am a Giants fan, I am also a realistic football fan, and unlike Hungy, I am able to put my bias aside and. Bias recognize, is what makes football fun. Recognize when my team is in the dumps. Well, my team's a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and that's not bias. That is a real thing. I, I feel like we can be honest about that. I mean, I, I guess you, there are some rankings out there that would uh, back up that claim. I don't know how I feel about them. I think you guys are... Are definitely a good, well-rounded team, but I, I don't know how I feel about the depth at the skill positions. The depth of the okay. Let's break it down. Let's start with running back. Yes, running back. Giant weakness last year, especially due to injuries, to the point where you're making the playoffs with a team that's led by Corey Clement, Josh Adams, and Wendell Smallwood. Yeah. Not ideal. Not so. What, what, what had... does general manager Howie Roseman do? Well. Step one, trade for Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, who has averaged just about 1,000 yards, yards a season over the last three seasons. I believe he's had 1,200, 1,100, and 900. Didn't J.H.I. have about the same stats? No, nope, not quite. Jordan Howard's running yards are actually second only to Todd Gurley over the past three years. So, yes, those are some good numbers. Two, second-round pick Miles Sanders out of Penn State spent most of his time behind Saquon Barkley, so the, the common... Uh, freeze is there's tons of tread left on the tires. He had a lot of time to make sure that he didn't get such a ridiculous statement. 
He's a fantastic running back. And three, you brought back Darren Sproles. Again, veteran leader. Then Corey Clement, who, as we know, can absolutely contribute as seen in Super Bowl 52, where he caught a beautifully executed 45-yard catch and run. Uh, and a touchdown pass as well. So, you know, those are also great things. Um, okay, so running back, covered that. Wide well, receiver. On. Here's my problem with that. Who's your lead back this season? Jordan Howard. You don't have one. You're going running back by committee. Who was your lead back last year? You didn't have one. Running back by committee. Jordan Howard is the lead running back. And How about the year before that? Who was your lead back? Garrett Blunt. And you still ran running back by committee. My problem is the Eagles do not have an established running back. They have never just trusted one running back. And I feel like you're never going to really get a rhythm going. Darren Sproles is great for a change of pace. I'll give you that. He's a great change of pace guy. He's good for being in the game one out of every five plays. He's a but that's not going to work for most running backs. You need to get a groove going. You need to be able to find the gaps and get in a rhythm with your offensive linemen. The, there needs okay, to be well, some the kind of continuity. Isn't set up as a ground pound offense. The offense is set up as Doug Peterson is going to throw anything at you, and you have no idea what's coming. If you if you do nothing but run the ball, you get consistent. Doug Peterson's offense isn't about that. Doug Peterson's offense is misdirection, and it's it's a lot of different. It's a pass first offense. It's a pass first offense. It's a lot of different passing uh, uh, concepts. He looks for mismatches, and they get him. That's why Doug Peterson has success. I just feel like it's not like the Rams, though. It's not like. It's not like the Rams. It's not Doug like the Peterson, running back is... Because Doug Peterson has a ring and Sean McVay doesn't. It's not like the Rams. Right, calm down. He's like, no, 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 no. He's no. like younger than we are. Calm down. Peterson is 2-0 against McVay and has a ring, and McVay is a Super Bowl loss. That I mean, that's it. That's it right there that draws the line. That's done. You have such a short-term memory. That's not, that's not a short-term memory. Doug Peterson is 2-0 lifetime against a Sean McVay team. Doug Peterson owns a Super Bowl ring from the team that he coached. Sean McVay does not. He lost. That's it. Neither of those things are like related to which one of them is better, but They're that's not even the argument. Who's better. That's not even the argument we're trying to make right now. They played the same team in the Super Bowl. My, they played the exact same team. My point is that the Rams have an established running back, which is leaving room for their mid-tier wide receivers to kind of now be labeled as all top wide receivers. Okay, because all of these top wide receivers scored three points against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and Doug Peterson scored 40. Dude, stop pointing out, like, individual games. It's we're literally about... looking against the same team. It's the exact same skill on the world's you biggest stage. you got to look across the scale of the entire season in the past two seasons. and I mean, for in terms of having a running back, multiple seasons. Having that threat, having that individual player on the field brings the linebackers in and opens up space for all of your wide receivers and it opens up room for the passing game. Okay. But the Eagles are good at making the passing game good without that, but in order for them to go to the next level and really be a Super Bowl contender in my eyes, they're not quite up there. Okay. Uh, I, I think they, they need the, to get they need to get running backs and, look at uh, and the wide last, receiver a little bit more depth there. Look at the I mean, have the Patriots ever had a lead running back? Lift on Brady. Do they uh, okay? Do they ever have a lead running back? Uh, the I think they might now. <laughs> I, I I don't even the know Patriots about that. I'd say Sonny Michelle, but even then, I I wouldn't even call him the lead. Right, back they don't. Split. They run running back by committee, and it works. 
The Eagles run running back by committee with good running backs, and it works. But then why don't any of them stick around? Why do they change every single year? They haven't found the right person yet. It's every year, though, that they're like changing all three running backs. Every year. You're talking the last two years. We had LaShawn McCoy until Chip dumped him. Since Brian Westbrook wasn't on your team, I cannot remember a running back that was on your team for, like, more than two years. LaShawn McCoy! Oh, yeah, but, I mean... LaShawn well, McCoy is literally <laughs> the franchise-leading rusher. And Chip, where's he now? Chip shipped him off. Chip shipped him off. Not us. Who hired Chip? Us. I don't know. Whoever hired <laughs> Chip made a god-awful decision. But... LaShawn McCoy would still be rushing for this team today. Anyway, I'll, I'll give you the Eagles are good this year. I don't know if I'd put them in the uh, the top echelon of the teams this year. Okay, whatever you say. <laughs> whatever you say. Sips tea. Jason, how did the uh, Packers finish this year in, in their division? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not great. Who, well, who do you think's another... going to win? It was another Aaron Rodgers injury, and just, I mean, week one, that was the most amazing comeback I've ever seen in my life against the Bears, but you could just tell the whole year, he was not all there, and it was I, just unfortunate I think Nick's, to see. Nick's asking about this upcoming Yeah, for the game. upcoming season. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, uh, they're winning <laughs> Damn, the Super Bowl. Damn, I was like, alright, count them out already. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I, I think they're definite contenders for the division between the Vikings and the Bears. Oh, for sure, yeah. No, I think I think the struggle is the Bears are on the upswing, and then the Vikings, I think, are just holding pattern, because I don't think Kirk Cousins is really all there, and then the Lions are for sure not going anywhere. But, yeah, I think the Packers have a chance at the division, and if they get hot at the right time, then I think they could. I think the NFL is just so funny with like the playoffs, where like as long as a team gets hot at the right time, anyone can make moves. I mean, that's how the Ravens won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. That's how the Giants won both of their Super Bowls. All you have to yeah. do is just get hot at the right time. You don't have to be the best team, and you just have to have a really good quarterback who can Nick lead an offense exactly the way Nick Foles did, and exactly the way Aaron Rodgers is always capable of. And you have a number one wide receiver in Devontae Adams. There, you have a nice. Number one, finally, I think this is the first year going into the year where we know we have a number one running back. Like last year, we came in and it was Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, and it was like, yeah, who is it? We don't know. It's going to be both. And then Mike McCarthy got canned, and now everyone's like, all right, LaFleur is going to bring Tennessee with him where he just pounded it down Derrick Henry's throat at some point. Like he started off the year kind of a committee approach with Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, and then at some point just realized, oh, wait, this Derrick Henry guy is really good. Let's just give him the ball all the time. And then Tion Lewis was useless for, like, the second half of the fantasy season last year. Um, did you did you read that ESPN article about uh, the relationship between uh, McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers and why McCarthy got fired? I, heard, I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I heard a little bit about it. But And honestly, it doesn't surprise me. I think it just got say, stale. I didn't read it. Well, I mean, it said that they basically hated each other's guts by the end of it. Yeah. I thought we knew that. I thought that was kind of like just knowledge while they were still together. I think it was more like Rodgers was... Honestly, and I... I, Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. He kind of sounds like a a little arrogant. Yeah, a little arrogant jerk. Yeah, he comes off that way for sure. But I think it, it happens with a lot of things. Like, it happens in companies and businesses, too. Like... These two were working together for, like, 10 years. Like, 2010 was when they won the Super Bowl, and they basically teamed up in, like, 2007 or 8 or something like that when Brett Favre left. So, like, you got to think, they're working together for 10 years. 
I mean, I don't know how Belichick and Brady do it, but any other tandem like that, like, you just get stale and you're just doing the same thing over and over again and there's no more innovation, there's no more guessing. That was the thing I took away from the Packers season last year was, like, they never did anything fun. Like, there was never any, like, crazy wheel routes. There were no, like, play actions. There were no, like... Oh, oh my God! What's happening here? Like the Philly special is a perfect example. Like there was there was no creativity yeah. whatsoever. It was just it fun. Yeah, it was just like Jason didn't have fun. <laughs> I'm just saying, like they were still successful. They still won games just because Rodgers is so good and the team is good. But like there was no creativity. There was no innovation. There was nothing new. There was nothing fun. Like so, I'm I'm excited for what's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Where where did they uh, finish in the division? You think they first or second? I'm gonna say second. Okay. I'm gonna say second, just because I think the Bears are gonna be pretty damn good. I was gonna say my prediction would be Bears, Packers, Vikings, and um, Lions. I agree, one hundred percent. I I like that. Um, I think that the the Packers and Vikings might finish with the same record, so it might come down to a tiebreaker for those two, which one finishes above the other. But I think the Bears could. Easily finished with 11 wins, and Vikings and Packers might both be I don't know if I'd say the Bears are going to easily finish with 11 wins. Did I say easily? I didn't mean easily. Yeah, you said I think they'll easily finish with 11 wins. I think they easily could finish with 11 wins. Could finish. And I think that's a max. I don't think they're going to get 12. Yeah, I'm seeing more uh, like a 10-6 season for the Bears and 9-7 season for the Packers. I'd say like a like a five hundred or seven and nine for the Vikings, and then the Lions are just the Lions. Yeah, it's tough though with the Packers. You got to really, I mean, it's it's tough to predict because you got to account for Aaron Rodgers staying healthy. Yeah, because like once he's out, then their winning percentage goes down to I don't know, like twenty percent. Yeah, it's pretty abysmal. That's right, because the Eagles will finish fifteen and one. What did the Eagles have to do with this? I'm just (laughs) (laughs) wait, fifteen and one. Who are they losing to? Uh well they're going to have it all locked up uh, I believe they I believe they uh, I don't know who they play week uh, 17 but they'll have everything locked up by then and they'll put third strings in and they don't care yeah Elon for sure and will get the win on the way out although who knows maybe they I think uh, they do play the Giants at the last game it, it might be one of those things where like you know we do play hard because we want the 16 and 0 record so we might go 16 and 0 I don't know okay got it. <laughs> I'm giving the Giants. I actually haven't looked through the schedule. Every year I go through the schedule and I actually realistically sit down and predict the season. And I've been the last guys? two years. Realistically. I, the <laughs> last two years. I, no, the last two years have actually been pretty close. Um, two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, they finished the regular season 11-5. Uh, and five, um, Or 12-4. and four. And I believe I had 10-6. and six. Uh, Last year, they went to the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. I believe I had 10-6. and six. Mm. Um, so I've, I've actually been pretty close the last two years. I'll give the Eagles 11 wins this year. I, I don't, you know, they have a they have a hard schedule. Uh, you look across the schedule, they don't have a first-place schedule. Thank you to Dallas for winning the division, giving us the second-place schedule, which we like much, much better. But um, it's still tough. Uh, you got the, what, AFC East, so you've got the Patriots, and... Uh, You've got the which NFC division do we have this year? We have the who do we have this year? Uh, oh, we have the North. We have the the Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do. Well, 
I'll give my Giants six wins, maybe five. Ooh, six might be pushing it. Maybe yeah, five. I think six is pushing <laughs> it. I, I, on realistically, I give you guys. I think four is is probably. Accurate. I was gonna say four and twelve or five and eleven yeah. is, is probably your your ballpark here. Wait, but I thought you said rock bottom. Is four wins going to be rock bottom? Is For an NFC wins? East team, four wins oh, is rock bottom. Do you think that we finish below the Redskins? Yes. Do you yeah. think Dwayne Haskins is going to lead them to a better season in a rookie I, year I than do. I think Dwayne Haskins a veteran or, Eli Manning? Dwayne Haskins or they also have... Uh, they have... Uh, uh, this guy came from uh, the Vikings and from uh, Denver. The quarterback. Quarterback? Yeah. Denver and the Vikings. They played for the Vikings in the playoffs. Case, oh, Case Keenum. Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah. They have Case Keenum now too. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, he kind of disappeared after that one year with the Vikings. And yeah, he Kirk did Cousins after we dropped around. thirty-eight unanswered points on them. He turned Adam Thielen into a thing and then left. Adam Thielen yeah. still still a thing. He still is a thing. He still is a thing. Anyway, let's get into some actual fantasy advice for these people here, and not just talk about ourselves like we've been. <laughs> well, we talk about holdouts because we actually yes. have some right now. Um, let's like talk about the resolved one first. The resolved one being Michael Thomas oh, yeah. and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they gave Thomas, him a five-year. He, he got paid five-year extension. So. Hundred hundred million dollars with sixty-one guaranteed. Highest-paid wide receiver in history. That's incredible. The next deal is always going to be the highest deal in history, no matter who gets it. It's always going to be the next deal. Um, that is a lot of money. I mean, twenty million dollars a year. That's <coughs> that's mid-tier quarterback money. Yeah, you gotta love when these he's on his rookie deal right now, right? Yeah, this is the end of his rookie yeah, deal. Yeah, you gotta love when these guys get paid coming out of their rookie deal because it's like this is it. This is your prime. You played four years in the NFL. About four more years is all you're gonna get in your prime. So. I just mean twenty yeah, exactly. million dollars a year. He, he's a wide receiver getting paid mid-tier quarterback money. It's incredible. And the funniest part, I think, is he's not even, like, the fourth best wide receiver in the league. They're, like, getting paid seventh man NBA money. He's, he's yeah. absolutely top ten, and I think you have to consider him for top five. So I think, yeah, he's – I would say number one is, is clearly Julio Jones, and then – Number two, I three, I four. I wouldn't say clearly. I think it's. I think there's okay, a so, lot to be said. So I, I think top four in no particular order. Let's say Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Odell, and Devontae Adams. And then I think, I think Michael Thomas comes in just after that group. I put Michael Thomas in with that group. I put right now actually DeAndre after last Hopkins. season. Oh, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, out of that exactly. Group. I'm putting Odell outside of that. If we're talking strictly rookie. fantasy here, then yeah, I think uh, Michael Thomas finishes just either just w- at the back end of that group or just outside. Hmm. <laughs> I think Michael Thomas is top three fantasy wide receiver. I don't know about in the NFL, which is pretty much what he got paid based off. He got paid. To be he didn't get paid top based off three. Of- yeah, he didn't get paid based NFL. off of his fantasy football value. He no, got paid. he's absolutely a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. I just don't. Oh, think for sure. He's, I don't think that he's twenty million a year with sixty one guaranteed. No. He's, However, for fantasy, I think that he is, especially one of the top given, wide and I think I think he's pretty comparable to Le'Veon Bell. I think he benefits so incredibly much from his situation. 
Like I think absolutely. I mean, he benefits. Throwing to him. Like if he was on the legend. Yeah, like if he if he got drafted to the Titans, he would absolutely in no way in hell be a top ten wide receiver. But because he's with Drew Brees, yeah, because he's with Drew Brees and he's getting the most amazing looks and the best quarterback play you can possibly get. I think his fantasy stats jump off the page. His you know counting stats jump off the page. So he gets he gets paid like it. And I think that's what happened to Le'Veon Bell too. Like, I would absolutely honestly, I would expect Le'Veon Bell to decline drastically this year, just because he's going to the dumpster fire of the Jets, and also the Steelers were just a running back goldmine for years. Like, you look at all the running backs the Steelers have trotted out there between Le'Veon Bell at first, then D'Angelo Williams when he was suspended, now it's James Conner, and then even at the end of the year when James Conner was injured, Jalen Samuels balled out. Every running back who's ever been with the Steelers balls out. That's just what they do. It's just a benefactor of being in that situation. Yeah, well, you're right. Being in a good system and having a good quarterback to throw you the ball or good people around you to divert definitely does a lot for a player. Oh, for sure. I'll say, though, this is something to consider as well, is in most leagues that we're going to be talking about, they're PPR. Um, which is points per reception. Or fantasy process or report. Or fantasy process yeah, report. Yeah, uh, But Michael Thomas is one of those guys where he's getting a little bit of boost in a PPR league just because he's catching the ball so much. Yep. There's not many people to throw the ball to in New Orleans. They just got Jared Cook. That's like their number two throwing option. I think Camara's their number two Yeah, probably Camara. Camara's the running back. Option, yeah. And then Cook. So, I mean, the guy's... Didn't he have a game last year or last season where he had like 15 catches or something like that? Yes, he did. It was against Philadelphia. Oh. He went absolutely off. Okay, so it was don't need to tell you about it. No, no, that was a rough, rough game. That was that felt like rock bottom. But yeah, so I would definitely, while he might be in a standard league, uh, number five wide receiver, you could move him up to number three in a PPR league just because he isn't. Situation where he's going to be getting that many looks. Uh, anyway, so his holdout, you know, we're talking settled. about Michael Thomas. His holdout is settled, got a lot of money. But there are two very notable holdouts uh, coming from another position, running back, Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple things to be talked about here. W- let's start with Zeke. Um, you know, we already expressed dislike. But anyway, Zeke's holdout is interesting. The way I see it is this. Dallas has not much money to spend. Ezekiel Elliott is holding out saying that he wants a contract more than what Gurley got paid. That's what he's been saying. He wants more than what Gurley got. Honestly, I say do it. Pay the man. Well, Dallas has a struggle here. Dak is going into the final year on his contract. Amari Cooper is going into the final year on his contract. I'd rather have Zeke than both of them. Right. Dallas can't pay all three. Who do you pay? I just hope they pay a lot of money to all of them. So that way all (laughs) of their money is locked up in like five players. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. To me, if it meant that I had to get rid of Dak and Amari Cooper to keep Zeke, I would do it and then try and fill those voids. Right. I think he's he's got to be the one that they have to pay. If they're going to pay somebody, it has to be Zeke. 
I mean, okay. I know he's got the character issues, he's but... Got the, he's got a lot of off-the-field issues. The talent is just... The talent's good, but he's got a lot of off-the-field issues. Giants paid Odell before they shipped him off. You know? That's true. These guys need a, to get paid. Which was a bad choice. They shipped him off. Well, shipping him off or paying him? Both. <laughs> I mean, he had to get paid. Well, I think shipping did. him off was a mistake, but... I think yeah, you have these, like, one... I think quarterback and wide receiver are different than running back because, like, running back position, I think it's, it's, it's so dependent on, like, scheme and blocking and all that kind of stuff. And, like, yeah, Zeke is, like, objectively better than most other running backs. And same thing with Gurley and Gordon and all them. But, like, we've seen so often, like, how many times has just, like, a random-ass fifth-rounder just blown up? Like, that happens all the time. So, like... Dallas could very easily say, like, okay, Zeke, yeah, you're a great running back, but we can probably get a guy who's, like, 70% of you in the fifth round next year, and we'll just pay him instead. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, if, again, you don't have a lead back like Zeke, you just go to running back by committee, and you pay them half what you would have to pay. You pay all three of those guys half combined what you would have to pay Zeke. Yeah, but, no, I sure. don't know, I think that... Uh, I've made this clear, having a lead back is very important. And when you have a guy of that caliber in particular, you need to hold on to them. I think all three of those players together make Dallas a decent team, but they're not going to be able to keep all three going into next year. Agreed. They need all facets to be successful on offense. Their defense is very good, but their offense needs something all in every position to be good. So, it brings us to Melvin Gordon. A little bit of a different holdout situation than Zeke. Mostly because, new news today, Melvin Gordon has demanded a trade. <laughs> he is done holding dun, dun, dun. out. He doesn't want to be on the <laughs> team anymore. It's not necessarily a holdout anymore. It's, I'm done, trade me. It's probably what Philip <laughs> Rivers said what he did last week, but we'll just make it do with the people that we got. Now that makes a little bit more sense, and he said that he asked for a trade last week. It just came out today. But um, so, where are potential landing spots for Melvin Gordon? Dude, I haven't even thought about it. it like, since this just came out today, like I saw I saw a list earlier today. Was, I, heard. I actually was reading this list earlier today that said like the Packers were a potential option, the Browns were, or no, uh, the the Bears were a potential option, uh, the even Bears, like the Buccaneers. The- and then uh, Buccaneers the, running back. The Bears, suck, but, yeah. the Bears still have Tariq Cohen though. They yeah. do, but they've they've but always they got rid of run Jordan with Howard. two running backs. Yeah, they and got honestly, rid of Jordan Howard. If you look at the the cost of what it would take for trades, like I don't understand how this happened, but NFL trades have become so devalued in the past couple of years. Like I still remember the Patriots getting Randy Moss for like a sixth round pick. Like you Jordan can get, Howard for a fifth. Yeah, Jordan Howard for a fifth. So it's I was reading how... this article that was saying a potential cost for the Bears would only be like a second or third round pick and maybe just like a comparable salary, and that's it. And I don't even know if it's like players are being devalued or people are just valuing draft picks, even like mid-round, late-round draft picks so highly. Yeah, I don't But get it's it. amazing what people are getting for mid-round draft picks. You got, I mean, the year before, JHI in the four, for a fourth yeah. and Jordan Howard for a fifth. I mean, that's what we were saying. running back trades, like... But then, on the reverse side of it, what did Josh Rosen fetch? 
What did uh, you Didn't he fetch a, like a first and a second rounder or something like that? Did he really? Or no, no, that's remember. what they were projecting. That's what they were asking for, I think. Yeah. And then I think they had to settle guys, for like a third guys, rounder. Guys, breaking, breaking, breaking news. Did they challenge pass they interference? They just challenged pass interference in the NFL Hall of Fame game. And it stands. And the call stands on the field. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but this is... We just saw history made. The first time pass interference has been challenged in an NFL game. Holy shit. Even if it is preseason. Wow. That definitely was a long time coming. Wow. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. That's going to be interesting because, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, you don't get those yards unless he catches the ball. If he doesn't catch it on a pass interference. It's a good thing I had this up there. We wouldn't have been able to... Watch that piece of history happen. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. But you know, I could I could absolutely see the Bears or Packers. Those are win now moves in a team that's pretty set to compete. Um, I honestly, I mean, the Buccaneers can probably offer more. It's not the Buccaneers aren't in win now mode. No, you know? definitely not. Jameis Jameis is probably in the absolute prove it year of his career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So do we think these guys, uh, what do we think is going to happen before the season starts? Does Zeke sign? I think he does. I think even if Jerry feels the pressure. Even if Zeke doesn't sign, he shows up for week one. I think he's got to. Um, Melvin Gordon, do you think he gets traded? Or yes. you think he's... Yes. I think once he gets a player, traded. Once a player demands a trade... Doesn't always happen. I mean, Duke Johnson's still on the Browns. <laughs> okay, I mean, but once a player demands a trade, they've mentally checked out. Even yeah. if he doesn't get traded, he's not showing up. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. He's mentally or worse, checked out. you have Jimmy Butler show up to training camp and just annihilate people. <laughs> Jimmy Butler is dead to me. He is. At least dead. he didn't do to us what he did to the Timberwolves. He's, uh, he's dead to me. <laughs> we offered him a max, and he's kind of dead to me too. Although I think the situation turned out better that he didn't want to be there. For us Ah. in the long term, I think the situation turned out better. Hmm. It's another day. Anyway, that's That's basketball. We can talk about that. Last topic for tonight. Last topic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, A lot of turnover. Yeah. Well, not not too much, but there's a couple big names. A couple big names that have uh, moved, including... All of the Steelers' weapons. All of you mean the entire Pittsburgh offense minus Juju Smith-Schuster and Ben yes. Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yes. The killer bees are down to one B. Are down to B. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess we'll start with Le'Veon. Uh, I mean, that's the most obvious one. Uh, yeah. Le'Veon ends his year-long holdout in a in a trade or free agency move. It was free it was agent. It was free. Yeah, it was free well, agent. he was. Yeah. He was. Um. They he were trying to franchise tag yeah, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he didn't sign the franchise right, tender. It. And he uh, ends up in Oakland with John Gruden. No, that's no, no, no. AB. Le'Veon oh, ends AB. Up oh, in Le'Veon's in the Jets. New York. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking Antonio Brown. Le'Veon ends up with the Jets. So how do we uh, assist well, this? Definitely a downgrade for Le'Veon. Yeah, hundred percent. The Jets are situation. They got new uniforms though. They're trying to be the Eagles. You see the new uniforms. Uh, I think I did, yeah, because when we were at the facility they last wanna, week, they were advertising those. They want to be us. <laughs> yeah, they? like I I think, right, cool. like I was mentioning earlier, I think Le'Veon, his value goes down a lot. Like, I think he's he's still a late first-round pick, but he's definitely he not so a top good. three. 
But I he don't was think his so value good goes before. down. He's the he is only good. player in that offense. But the problem is the Jets have been just a giant black hole for fantasy relevance for like a decade. Like, not I, I would say the last five years, I wouldn't even touch a single Jets player with a 10-foot pole in a fantasy draft. Like, there's no way. And now he's going I mean, to a team was like one, that. There was one year where Isaiah Crowell was okay and he was in the Jets. <laughs> sure. But I'm saying, and like I was talking about earlier, the Steelers' running back position was just so amazing as far as the opportunity and the system and the fit and like the other talent around them to draw attention away and all that kind of stuff. And he's going to the complete opposite, where the Jets have no one else. Like, what is it? Quincy, Quincy and Nunwa and Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. And then, right, but that's the point. They have no one else. Le'Veon Bell is that entire offense the same way Saquon is going to be the Giants' entire offense. And you still look at Saquon as number one. So he's certainly going to be getting volume. That's true. There's There's been other running backs that have been on shitty teams and still been successful fantasy running backs because they get the ball so much. Um, Which is why I think he's still a first-round running back. He's just not top three anymore. I think he's like in that eight or nine range. I think that's a very low estimate. Where are you putting Hungy? Le'Veon? You said he's like three or four, right? I, I would say four. I would say four. I'm gonna three I'm gonna split the gap and put him at six. I think he's right in the middle there. I think he's just beyond that top tier of running backs, but I still think he does have that the skill to be a top tier running back. He's just not in the situation. So I I still label him a high tier two running back. Um but like I said, he's it's been a year since we've seen him actually on the field, but I remember him because I've had him on my team, so I've watched him like personally in those years before he held out. That man has the ability to hesitate in the backfield and just wait for the holes to open up. I don't know if the Jets are going to be able to create those holes for him, I but so. I have never I've never seen a more patient running back with the ball in his hand than Le'Veon Bell. That doesn't even mention the fact that he's a receiving threat. Yeah. And he's got a quarterback in Sam Darnold that I don't know how good Sam Darnold is with short guard or for short passing and passing to the running back, but we're going to see this year because I guarantee you that's going to be part of their game plan is throwing Le'Veon Bell the ball. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he's still going to be up there, a top running back, definitely a first round talent. Yeah. Um, who's next? Uh, the other oh, ex-killer B. Yes, and he did go to Oakland. Sorry, I had... I'll I tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, man. This guy. <laughs> this this guy. Antonio Brown guy. I'll tell you what, this guy. He looks good in black. I'll tell you what. He's going to catch some balls, man. I think uh, the most impressive this... part about his summer so far is he showed up to camp in a hot air balloon. He... Yeah. I mean, yeah. that sounds just, very Antonio brown He showed up to camp. <laughs> yeah. Um... This Oakland team... Uh, <laughs> How many wins are they going to get? I, I don't know. This Oakland team is going to be very interesting to I'm watch. Because not only you've got John Gruden and Derek Carr... Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Now you've got Nate Peterman. You've got Antonio Brown. You've got Vontez Berthick. And... Yeah. And you've got Richie Incognito. I really just want to see what happens with this this team. They're a great team for hard knocks. Oh, yes. I just want to see what happens. If, if I could be a fly on the wall in that locker room, that would be what I'd want to do. That would be incredible. Yeah, we definitely need to see some videos of John Gruden like coaching. 
John Gruden coaching videos are some of my favorite videos. We didn't talk about... I mean, we obviously talked about John Gruden a lot last year, but I feel like this year we're definitely going to be talking about John Gruden a lot more just because Antonio yeah, Brown's Antonio there now. Brown, yeah. yeah, I mean, because last year the only like fantasy-relevant players were, I guess, Amari Cooper at the beginning of the year, but then he like really, really struggled, so no one was starting him. And then Marshawn Lynch, I guess, but then he got kind of injured. Jared and, Cook. And Jared Cook, he, yeah. yeah, he had those that like one or two games at the beginning where... I think if you looked at, I, I think I, I haven't looked at his stats in a while, but I'm pretty sure if you look at his season long stats, he probably ended up in the top ten of tight ends, based off of two games. So, ESPN uh, has Antonio Brown ranked as the seventh fantasy wide receiver. They also have Jared Cook as the seventh tight end. Yeah, well, we already talked about how weak the tight end class is. That's, well, I, I that just, is, I just you, you were talking about. That's going back anyway. <laughs> we're talking about AB Antonio Brown seventh. Where do you guys? feel about that rank? Low. Low? Uh, fantasy t- uh, fantasy receiver. We're talking about fantasy. You gotta uh, <laughs> remember, no, no. we're differentiating yeah. Derek, now. Derek Carr kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, we just don't know how that rapport is going to be with him and Ben. And whenever I see these rankings, I always just try to think of who's ahead of them. And I I don't know. I mean, we do, you do have DeAndre, Julio, you have Odell, uh, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas... I mean, you could put Tyreek Hill in there, so yeah, maybe. You just literally listed. You literally listed all seven receivers listed above <laughs> Antonio Brown. Literally, you just listed all seven of them. Well, that is super impressive because I'm not even looking at a list. That oh, is amazing. That's, you just literally listed oh, all. Probably watch it, looking at the list. I'm, I'm looking at the list. There were six receivers listed above Antonio Brown, and you just listed all six. That was <laughs> wild. I mean, well, yeah, it should I am be not pretty well at any list right now. But I, I know, but I mean, he could have dropped in from the next few. You know, Juju, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Well, then I guess that leads to the next question: uh, Would you draft any of those guys behind him, in front of him? Would you draft Juju before Antonio no. Brown? Juju Smith-Schuster is extremely overrated, and he benefited from Antonio Brown on the other side of the ball. Mike oh, Evans. Absolutely. Mike um, Evans is in a similar situation where he's not on a very great team, not getting a great situation, right. but I, he's I still got the I talent. I don't like Mike yeah. Evans as long as as long as Jameis is still playing quarterback. I don't like Mike Evans. So you like Antonio Brown with I Derek Carr? I liked Mike Evans when Fitzpatrick was playing quarterback better than when Jameis was playing quarterback. And that that is a really bold take right there, but I, I liked his stats better. See, I still like Antonio Brown. Uh, I think... He's not much higher than seven, but I think he is slightly higher than seven just because of the talent. He's another one of those guys. You get the ball in his hand, he's going to make shit happen after that. He is going to make shit happen after that. but Derek Carr just needs to get the ball to him. Which is hard for Derek Carr to do. Mm. Well, now they got this rookie running back that might uh, occupy some people looking in the backfield, so hopefully that'll open up some space for the passing game. Unfortunately, there's no other wide receivers that are going to help Antonio Brown. (laughs) Um, But again, I I think that he's one of those guys where, regardless of what's going on around him, he's going to be successful. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being ambitious putting him up there at six, but I think he's definitely going to finish in the top ten. I would agree with that. I think I'll finish. Even on the Raiders, definitely finish in the top ten. I don't think I draft anybody that's below him, above him. Yeah. Maybe Ashon Jeffrey. <laughs> All right, so. Or Nelson Aguilar. Let's um, look at the uh, Browns. Right, probably the absolute biggest fantasy-relevant move of the offseason. 
They made a couple moves. But this is probably the biggest fantasy-relevant move of the offseason is Odell Beckham Jr. to the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Great move by the Browns. It was fantastic. Yeah. Don't know how I feel about the Giants side of it. But the great... Jabril Peppers, he did a great job of stretching at training camp. I'll tell you that. I, I, I <laughs> It's one of those things. Baker is talented. What do we think Baker and Odell's chemistry is going to be? Because Baker is very flashy. He's, He's outspoken. Big, outspoken. Big personality. Similar to Odell Beckham. Yes. I saw do today... Do we think that those are going to mesh or clash? I saw today that um, during practice and training camp, Baker Mayfield was screaming at his wide receivers for messing up somewhere along the lines. Ah, mm. uh, well... If I had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., I don't think that I'd be yelling at anybody. I think I'd be saying, thanks, guys, for coming to play with me. Yeah, so I think uh, as... as Long as they win, that'll be okay. But the second they start losing a couple games in a row, yeah, if they do, that's, that's not Odell good. is going to say something because clearly he's not one to bite his tongue. Yeah, Odell's going to make it well known if he's not happy. But I think if the chemistry... Talent's there. If the chemistry matches, I think Odell's going to put up huge numbers. Oh yeah, and he's going to benefit from having Jarvis Landry and Njoku to draw attention away. Exactly. Exactly. Because instead of last year, he was, I guess, I mean, Evan Ingram took some attention away, but last year he was getting double teamed a lot. This year, I think that will not happen. And if anything, right, you can't double team because he you, might get double teamed, and then Jarvis Landry will have a. I think all of them will benefit so much from just having each other. Like, Njoku's going to have a better season, Landry's going to have a better season, and Odell's going to have a great season. I think all three of them are just going to benefit from having all three of them there. Yeah. Not to mention the running back core that the Browns have. Jesus. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. They already have... Okay, so third string running back, we'll, we'll say Kareem Hunt is in the strings of running backs. Duke Johnson, who's been there for probably like, I don't know, seven years at this point. So he knows that offense. He's well-versed. He's been in and out every single game that the Browns, they use him. They added Nick Chubb last year. Rookie running back. Came on the scene very hot. Has not cooled down since. So he's still on this hot streak that he's been riding. I don't see any signs of him slowing down. No. Let's look fantasy playoff time. Oh, look, Kareem Hunt's joining the picture. As a uh, Browns fan, I'm ecstatic about this. As a Nick Chubb owner, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Uh, This is definitely going to have some... Implications on your draft strategy. If you take Nick Chubb, you have to be aware that while in the first eight weeks of the season, he is going to be a stellar running back one. Come the important time of the season, right before the playoffs, and including the playoffs, they're going to get this new running back added to the mix who is probably just as good, if not better, than Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. So... It's something you got to consider. Make sure you have multiple starting running backs if you draft Nick Chubb, or make sure you draft Kareem Hunt. And even still, I don't know if you're going to want to be starting both of them. So, uh, definitely a situation to watch. But man, Kareem, the Browns are going to be good. Yeah, it feels so weird to say. <laughs> it's like, been long it's been overdue. So long. 
<laughs> I don't even know if there's a time in any of our lives where the Browns have had that sentence come out of anyone's mouth coming into a season. Like, man, the Browns are going to be good. I don't know if that's happened at all in the past 26 years. I don't think so. Maybe the old Browns before they came, before they became the Ravens. Like the Jim Brown Browns era? Yeah. In the 70s and 80s? No, I mean, even in the, the, the 90s. Because <laughs> they became the Ravens in what, 99? Uh, I don't remember. Right? So basically, the, the current Cleveland Browns were an expansion team. Right, yeah. The old Cleveland Browns shipped up and moved to Baltimore. Hmm. I do not remember So, like, the days. Charlotte Hornets and Bobcats and New Orleans teams. Right, but instead of the... Because the, the current Hornets have all of the Bobcats franchise stats. Yeah, exactly. Basically, what they did with Cleveland is that they turned the Browns franchise and they basically put a freeze on it and then took that team, moved that team to Baltimore and created a new franchise in Baltimore. But the current Cleveland Browns, when they were created as an expansion team, inherited oh, all of the I franchise see. stats of the previous Browns. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. You'll learn something new every day. Yeah, I guess so. When you hang out with Hungy, you'll learn things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Moving on. We already talked about Jordan Howard. We did. We did talk about mm-hmm. Jordan Howard. He's going right. to have a fantastic fantasy year. Draft him early and you'll be happy. <laughs> Okay, don't listen to Hungry and you'll draft be... So we can expect you to draft him in the don't third round. Don't listen to Hungry and you'll win. <laughs> okay. Um, so move on to the last guy yeah, here. Yeah, one more person who's on the move, Tevin Coleman, um, San Francisco. Different guy here. He's always been a backup running back. He's yet to actually get that lead role. Will Garoppolo be ready for week one? Yeah, of course. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Garoppolo's going to be ready. What do we think about the Niners? I mean, specifically Devin Coleman, but, like, what do we think what, about the Niners? What week did Garoppolo get injured in last year? I thought it was, like... It was pretty early, right? It's like, week yeah. four. Right? Week so we didn't really get a good, like, view of Jimmy Garoppolo in the no. 49ers. No, we haven't no, we had didn't. a good view of Jimmy Garoppolo since he was drafted in, like, 2014. No, that's true. <laughs> We've gotten a couple games each season of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like... They're not going to be great as a team, but you might still get some fantasy points out of them because obviously you had George Kittle there. Uh, Wide receivers, I don't really (laughs) know who they have. Marquise Goodwin. Uh, Oh, Dennis. uh, What's that guy's name? Their highest-ranked fantasy Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis, that's right. Yes. That is their highest ranked fantasy wide receiver. So he, he's and kind he of is the thirty seventh wide receiver. I think everybody's kind of identifying him as a sleeper this year. Uh I could agree with that. I see him as a sleeper. You know, nobody's really looking at the 49ers offense. Um Tevin Coleman again, they've got some injured running backs there coming into the season. One of the nice things about Tevin Coleman is he's very good about he's very good at Catching passes out of the backfield. That's something mm-hmm. he always helped out Matt Ryan with, is catching passes out of the backfield. And that is absolutely something he can help Jimmy G with in, in San Francisco. So, PBR leagues, Tevin Coleman has a leg up because he does catch a lot of balls out of the running back position. I think and that's so something that they were hoping that Matt, or, uh, Jarek McKinnon was going to do last year. But then you had the corpse of Matt Breida there every single game. <laughs> and Breida actually... For the first half of the season, 
Brady was like a top five running back. It was incredible. And it was seen like every game he was leaving with some like life-threatening injury where it'd be like <laughs> Matt Breida broke his foot. But then like four days later, oh, he's back at practice. And it's like, how the hell is he doing oh, this? Oh, he's back at practice. Oh, Matt Breida ran for 130 yards last night. Wow. Yeah. Or he comes into a game right. doubtful, like like severe high ankle sprain, comes into a game doubtful, and it's like, oh, yeah, never mind, he's starting. And he ran for 200 yards. Like, this dude was incredible. He was like an Iron Man. That's yeah. crazy. So what do we think, though, when uh, Jarek McKinnon comes back? Because he's, uh, he, he's going to be out the first couple games maybe of the yeah. season. I think he's questionable for the start of the season. Uh, is that going to cut into Tevin Coleman? Because he was injured all last year. So I think it will. So they're chopping at the bit to get Jarek McKinnon involved because they haven't had him yet in the regular season. Yeah, I would say hold caution against any Niners running back just because I think – Coleman is going to start out the year, but McKinnon, I think, didn't he tear his ACL or something last year in training camp? So he's yeah, looking at about so. yeah. So he's looking at about a year. So he's going to be coming back. And they also signed. A, I mean, it's you look at both of these guys are financial investments. It's not like these draft picks where they can be like, oh, whatever, it was a fourth round pick in 2016 versus a second round pick in 2018 or whatever it was. But like they signed these guys to pretty substantial contracts. So like. Both of them have an incentive to be on the field, and as far as the management, they want both of them to be on the field. So I think it, it, it's when it's two running backs, there's no running backs that you can count on from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, because that's honestly it's going to be like a 50-50 split. Yeah, and it's not even a team that can support multiple running backs like the Saints could. I think it yeah. takes a very special Agreed. offense to be able to support a two running back system like that. I agree with you. Tevin Coleman has value, but um, I'd wait till the later rounds. He's definitely a bench running back. I wouldn't want him as my flex player. I'll put it that way. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, getting a little late here, boys. It is getting a little late. We've been at this for like an hour and a half now. Let's see. Where are we at? An hour and a half. Look at that. Damn. Hour and a half. I know time. Good 90-minute episode here. Quick 90-minute. But that starts the season off, and that's a good thing to do. Yeah. um, Next week, we will uh, have a little more news out of training camp. This will be another week in. And the first week of preseason, if we do it next Thursday, it'll actually be be the first real start of preseason, right? Yeah. I don't know if we're going to be back exactly a week from today. It's preseason, so, you know, we're not necessarily recording every single week just because we need a little bit more news to happen now that we've covered everything that's happened up to this point yes. at least most of the stuff we're going to have to wait a little bit for some injuries to happen you know Yes, uh, but do make sure you follow us on social media Fantasy Process Report Support, Support. Support. <laughs> Fantasy enemies. Process Report spelled with PHs uh, on Facebook as well as on Twitter, that would be at, at PPR underscore official. PPR underscore official. Don't that know how that's correct. not fried into your brain by now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> make sure you follow us on all of our social media so you can keep up with uh, our hot takes for fantasy. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll post on there when the next episode is about to come out. And we will absolutely talk to you next time. So glad to be back! place of football ready for the football season to start we will talk to you when we talk to you for the fantasy process report we got matt nick and jason and Bill Burns. peace out